Welcome to Thursday in the Puro Pelka podcast. Mike here. Sorry there was no podcast yesterday. We got a virus on one of the computers, and it took pretty much all damn day to straighten it out. And it's a Mac. So the old thinking that viruses don't affect Macintosh or Apple products, not true. But thankfully, there are a lot of uh, helpful antivirus programs out there. Make a smart choice for yourself. Protect your stuff. This one was particularly nasty, I have to tell you. We have a lot to get to today, a bunch of news today, as well as since uh, we missed Wellness Wednesday, Dr. Royzen will be popping in today. And with all of the attention being paid to Robert Kennedy Jr. and some of the things he's saying, because he represents a significant threat to both establishment leading candidates, to both Donald Trump and to Joe Biden, the left is coming after him. But they have trouble doing that because he's a Kennedy, you know, so we'll see what happens. But Gerald Posner is uh, a wise man in affairs relating to the Kennedy family. He wrote one of the greatest books about the John Kennedy assassination, Case Closed. And uh, you should know who Gerald Posner is. He's a really smart dude, but he'll be here in a little bit. And today could be the day that the feds indict Donald Trump as it relates to the documents case. Still no special counsel looking into Joe Biden and all of the classified documents he has taken away from the office he held when he was vice president and stored at home and stored in a, in a, a garage and stored in boxes at the Biden Center at the University of Delaware. None of that is being investigated, but Donald Trump is. So we will see. A lot of rumors swirling around former chief uh, of staff uh, of Mr. Trump and uh, Mark Meadows. So we'll see if those rumors are true. His lawyer says there's been no immunity deal, or is there? We'll find out soon enough. Could happen as early as today, might happen in a week. But pay attention. Yeah, we're trying to pay attention. Uh, A lot of woke news today. Budweiser trying to show you just how not to get yourself out of a problem. You know, the first rule of holes when you find yourself in one, stop digging. Budweiser apparently is going to sponsor a family-friendly drag show. That's right, Bud Light specifically. You guys just don't get it, do you? Even Dylan Mulvaney appears to have gone slightly undercover. Bud Light, they're just charging forward. I wonder if it's ever, ever going to get into their heads that this was a bad idea. There is some progress in the, uh, in the world of gender mutilation that the Democrats support. Uh, some of the nation's largest hospitals are no longer going to offer gender mutilation support and uh, uh, puberty blockers. That's good. The Louisiana House approved a ban on gender transitions for minors. See, I think that's important. Transitioning minors, really bad idea. Permanently affecting their bodies, bad idea. Bad, 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 bad idea. I just, um, I hope it's it's not too late for the people who were sucked into this early. And there is a there's a good news story when it comes to pushing back against schools that are trying to indoctrinate children. A good news story out of Maryland. So we better get a little song to introduce this segment as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's Jenny Gender, new song from my friend Drew Steele, my buddy. Uh, we write parody songs together. He did this one by himself, and it's terrific. And it makes me happy when I see not only are parents turning out to protest against the left's indoctrination of kids in schools to to have the schools trying to infect these children. That's how I see it, infecting the children with the idea that your gender can be fluid and you can change your gender simply by taking some meds or cutting off body parts. Yeah, it's just really absolutely bizarre how we got here. And uh, in Maryland yesterday at the Montgomery County Public Schools, they've had... Uh, They've had a lot of controversy as the schools have refused to let parents opt out of indoctrination that relates to issues of sex and sexuality and gender. And parents have been protesting, but recently Muslim parents and students have stood up. And that's a great sign because it is through a broad spectrum of pushback that we will most likely be able to be successful. We need an entire gorgeous mosaic, if you will. That's a term the Democrats used to use all the time. A gorgeous mosaic of parents to stand up and say, no more, leave our kids alone. And yesterday at the Maryland County Public School board meeting, some of the kids showed up and addressed the board. These are middle school and high school kids speaking at a uh, school board meeting in I'm Maryland. I'm a middle school student of MCPS. I'm here to talk about the opt-out option for reading material. I'm not here to take away the right of anyone being recognized in the community. I'm here to talk about my rights. My religion teaches to respect all religions. Now, this is a young Muslim child. He's a middle schooler. He speaks better than most of the people in Congress. With greater clarity. Yes, he's reading from a, a prepared statement on his iPhone. But listen to this kid. And all human beings and their rights. So does my country law. And I want my right back to have an opt-out option. In the last Board of Education meeting, someone said that many people of the LGBTQ community are being bullied. That may have been the case some time ago, but these days it's quite the opposite. There are over 40 kids that I know who don't want to learn this and really want to be here talking today, but can't because they are being bullied. Now, a middle schooler is saying you're you're telling us that the LGBTQ community is bullied and being bullied. And that's why we can't have an opt out for parents who don't want their kids indoctrinated like this. And he's saying, I know at least 40 kids who can't speak up because they're being bullied. It's going to be the kids and the parents who are going to save this country. And I'm glad to see, again, that the Muslim parents are standing next to the Christian parents. There's more from other kids at this meeting. They are the ones being bullied when they say we don't want to learn this. 
Although the introduction of texts and discussions related to transgenderism and LGBTQ plus lifestyle may support MCPS's mission to be all inclusive regardless of race, gender, and identity, I don't believe my first grade and third grade cousins are prepared to read and discuss about such issues at MCPS. So that's a, a male high school student, also a member of the Muslim community, who's saying, look, first and third graders, it, it, this isn't what they need. The last one, just great. This is a uh, young lady, high school student. If only I had this kind of mental clarity in high school. Thank God for kids like this. The issue of gender and sexuality are influenced by our faith, and we should not be caricatured as intolerant. And all and our faith perceived to be subversive because it doesn't align with your beliefs. Now, what a great opening statement. You're, you're trying to isolate us by saying we're intolerant just because it doesn't align with your beliefs. That's very Saul Alinsky is what they're doing. You freeze someone by accusing them of being intolerant or racist or something else. She continues. Intolerance of the faith community threatens to erode support for religious freedom, therefore eroding the benefits it provides for everyone. Now, great. She nailed it. It's a First Amendment issue. If, if you try and paint people of faith as intolerant, well, first of all, you're going after the First Amendment, and you're wrong as well. There's more from this very wise young lady. Pluralistic societies that value human dignity and do not view faith communities as a problem to be eliminated will only thrive and prosper. I respectfully request the restoration of the opt-out option at MCPS. Thank you. Takbir. Now, I don't know what she said at the very end. She probably said something in a prayerful way. But she wants the return of the opt-out. And this is why the Southern Poverty Law Center is reacting and calling some of these parental groups and student groups terrorists. They're trying to paint the people who are standing up and protesting at school board meetings as terrorists. It happened out in California where an Armenian group of parents stood up and protest. And now you have the kids in Maryland standing up and protesting. It's a, a very good sign, a very good sign. And God bless these kids. God bless them for being able to stand up in their communities. They probably have some pretty great parents, you know, pretty great parents. Well, that's, uh, that's good news. I, I will get to um, the political news, the, the wildfire news. It's everywhere today. Everybody's running around going, ah, oh, the wildfires. Wild. Yes, I know. The sky is orange or brown here in the Northeast. Yesterday, they canceled a baseball game in Philadelphia because they're worried about the fans. I don't think they're worried about the players, but they are worried about the fans. If you have um, asthma or breathing problems or heart problems, it's not good to be out in smoke like this. So it's, um, it's, it's wise to do that. But I don't understand why the WNBA, which plays indoors, canceled a game yesterday the wnba canceled the game they play inside uh amazing greg gutfeld who's a very funny guy said i guess they're worried about their fan i see what you did there mr gutfeld very good but the the wildfires burning in canada because of bad forest management obviously it's perfectly natural it's not global warming but the left is going to tell you that they're going to be all over this saying, well, it's global warming, it's climate change. We, 
we've done this. Cars did this. Cars didn't start those fires. No, 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 no. Nature started those fires. So get ready. They're going to keep pushing that. This is going to ramp them up. Never mind the fact that, um, as we said on this show many times, um, the United States had not one city in the top 25 most polluted large cities in the world. The study came out last year. They did the top 50 most polluted cities in the world. These were all large cities. I think it's a quarter million people or more. The U.S. had zero cities among the top 25. China had, I believe, eight out of 10. Russia had two. Uh, India's in there as well. But thanks to the smoke from the forest fires, New York is now among one of the most polluted air spaces on the planet. But it's going to be temporary. When all of this goes away and the media stops talking about it, China and Russia and India will still dominate the top 25 big cities with air pollution because they're still using coal plants. And we're just not saying anything about that. Yeah. So if you have to wear a mask, if you got a breathing problem, Dr. Royce is going to join us later today. He's going to address it as well. Uh, if you have to wear a mask outside, so what? This will be gone in a couple of days. It'll, it will literally blow over. Literally blow over. Uh, to the presidential race, if Donald Trump is indicted today or within the next week, will it change things? I don't know. I certainly think it points out that the left has weaponized the DOJ against its opponents. And they've had Trump derangement syndrome at the highest levels of the FBI for some time now. The Democrats have weaponized the Justice Department against any opponent. And if they do, and I think they're going to indict Donald Trump, this will bear that out. Because if you don't indict Joe Biden, but you go all in on Donald Trump, they really kind of have done the same thing, haven't they? Maybe Biden has done it thousands of times worse in terms of numbers. Uh, Mike Pence made his announcement yesterday, took a couple shots at Mr. Trump. You also had um, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, who? Doug Burgum. He's a very wealthy guy, self-made man, billionaire, uh, loved governor in North Dakota. Why would you give that up to get in the presidential race when you know they're going to destroy your family and, and everything about you? I guess he's trying to get a message across. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll try and get them on. Usually you can get the uh, lesser known candidates to join the show. We'll see what we can do on that. Uh, the Chris Christie announcement still keeps getting a lot of um, a lot of comedy pointed at it. Chris Christie launched his campaign and, you know, he's a big guy. He's, a, he's an overweight man. He might even be morbidly obese if we put the government standards on him. And that's not good either for him or it wouldn't be good to have a corpulent president but he needs to watch his language because when he launched his his campaign in that small group of people in manchester new hampshire he kept saying stuff like this and get a new crop of folks come up here and talk to you but i have to tell you as i've watched the last year evolve there's been just one question that kept going back and back and back into my mind. 
Now, he sounds like he's wheezing already, just standing and speaking for a few minutes. That's troubling as well, but it's the question that he asked. And it was about our country and its future. And I wondered what our choice was going to be. Were we going to be small or were we going to be big? Now, Chris Christie, a big man, a very big man. He's fat, okay. Uh, asking, are we going to be small? Are we going to be big? Greg Price, who has a great uh, Twitter account, you should follow him, at Greg Price underscore, at Greg underscore Price 11. Greg Price, he's got a blue check mark, you'll see who he is. Decided to uh, take the speech from Mr. Christie, and he only looked at the first 20 minutes of the speech, and he noticed one word kept showing up out of the big man's mouth. We're going to be small, smaller, and smaller. And smaller in every way. Smaller, smaller in the way. Smaller, smaller is getting smaller. Being small. Small, 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 smaller and smaller. Smaller, smaller, and smaller. Voldemort. Smaller, smaller, and smaller. Smaller, smaller, smaller. Smaller, the small, smaller. Smaller, small, smaller. Smaller, small. Small, smaller. Small, smaller, small. Small, small. So small. Small, small, small. Small, small, small. That's just the first 20 minutes. I lost count. Somebody needs to count that and tell us how many times it was. That's a little embarrassing, Mr. Christie. I'm sorry, former Governor Christie. And then there are the not yet announced candidates that I think are out there. What am I talking about? I think the Democrats are preparing to have backup candidates for when Joe ultimately has to step aside from running. And I think it's getting closer and closer. And I think Mayor Pete is one of those. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is someone that the left would easily jump on because he'll be loyal to the party and he checks the box of LGBTQRSTUV. But he doesn't have answers. He was on with Chuck Todd yesterday. Chuck Todd, who's leaving Meet the Press, and uh, was asked about the debt problem in this country. Do we have a debt problem? Uh, Yes, we do. Of course we do. Uh, Listen to this response from Mayor Pete and tell me if it doesn't sound like the perfect vague response from a would-be presidential candidate. Do we have a debt problem in this country or not? What say you? Well, one thing I'll say is that we have been working to reduce the deficit, which is the first step in reducing the debt. Uh, you know, the right, but the debt does uh, keep growing. We've yet to re- we haven't reduced it. We've just sl- we've slowed the we've slowed the rate of growth. Wow, Chuck Todd, with an actual journalist reaction to that obfuscation or avoidance of a question. What did Mayor Pete have to say? A bit. Yeah, I mean, again, that the first thing you got to do if you want to see that debt come down is to get a handle on the deficit. Uh, when you're in a hole, stop digging. Bud Light, you're paying attention. Mayor Pete also said something really stupid because the left is making a gigantic push towards EVs again. California now has this law that is going to come into effect next January that will prevent companies from buying new trucks, new trucks to work at the ports. New trucks have to be EVs. Never mind that we don't have a real supercharger network for 
trucks, giant semi-tractor trailers that are electric vehicles, and the range is certainly nowhere near that of diesel trucks or gas-powered trucks. Never mind that. We're just going to keep marching ahead because, you know, there's a forest fire in Canada that made the air dirty over New York for a couple of weeks or a couple of days, whatever. But Mayor Pete talking about electric vehicles. And um, as a recovering electric vehicle owner, I can speak to this issue. So let's see what he had to say. It's really dumb. The other thing I want to keep reminding uh, drivers of is that uh, many American drivers, as a matter of fact, a majority, have access to some kind of charging infra infrastructure in the form of a, a plug in the wall. There are many ways in which charging an EV has more in common with charging your phone than filling up a car that runs on gas. It's now, that statement, that statement is so idiotic. Why is it idiotic? Well, I'll tell you why. If you plug your electric vehicle into a 110-volt home current, it will take... I'm just going to go from the example given to me by Tesla when I owned a Tesla Model 3. It will take 25 hours to fully charge the car. 25 hours. If you're lucky enough to pay for a, um, a higher voltage charging unit, a home charging station... And it costs about 1200 bucks when you get right down to it to put that in. And it might even cost more if you have to add another panel to your home system. If you, if you get a, a super mini home supercharger, it still will take you six to eight hours to charge. So if you come home and you're out of juice and you don't have your home supercharger and you plug into the wall outlet, it's going to take a day to recharge. That's not an option. And let's not forget last summer, California, California, which is pushing people towards electric vehicles very quickly, was telling people, hey, you can't, you can't charge your car at night. We got a problem. So please don't charge your car at night. Yesterday, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she's the press secretary, you know, she doesn't know it, but she is. Um, she was talking about um, the cost of groceries that have skyrocketed under Biden. And she was asked about it, and she gave us a basket full of excuses other than Democrat spending. That's not one of the things listed among this, this checklist of reasons why people are broke just going to the grocery store. As you know, grocery prices rose because of the global supply chain, bottleneck, and unforeseen supply shocks like avian flu and war in Ukraine, and also poor weather. Yes, so costs are up because of poor weather. The only thing in there that is even close to being remotely true is the avian flu reference. The avian flu reference was a primary driver of the massive spike in egg prices, and now that has relented. The avian flu is under control. We now have uh, restored the flocks of egg-laying chickens, and egg prices have dropped way down way down. I was seeing four and five bucks a dozen. It was $1.29 when I bought a dozen eggs yesterday. And the Biden administration will probably try and take credit for that, for lowering egg prices, when in reality, it is the restoration of the flocks, thanks to the excellent work by the industry. The industry got it done, not the Biden administration, but they will try and take credit for it. Uh, also, yesterday we had some uh, big news. Late last night, 
James Comer has been working relentlessly to push forward the investigation into the Biden crime family, got some sort of resolution from the FBI. The FBI is going to turn over the document they were looking for without redactions to the entire committee. So there will be no vote today for contempt of the FBI. There will be no vote today on that because, as Comer says, they caved. They caved. There also aren't going to be any House votes uh, going forward because there's a little battle still between the Speaker and the Freedom Caucus. So we'll see how that works out. I think McCarthy will be fine in the end. I think they'll get it solved. But this is what happens when parties don't have just a bunch of penguins marching in lockstep. So that's a good thing. Ultimately, we um, we'll watch all day long about whether or not Donald Trump gets indicted as it relates to the classified documents at his home. But I remind you that Joe Biden has been hiding classified documents at his home, various homes since 1974. I made voluntarily no one's had to threaten to do anything. Voluntarily opened every single aperture I have with the house, offices, everything for them to come and look and spend hours searching my home, invited them. Nobody. And so, and the best of my knowledge, the kinds of things they picked up are things that from 1974 and stray papers. There may be something else I don't know. Yeah. First of all, I don't want to see any of Joe Biden's apertures. So never use that phrase again, sir. But he's been doing this since 1974. You got to remember, he's been part of the swamp for over five decades. Five stinking decades. We also had some action in the House recently trying to uh, rein in the District of Columbia, Washington, D.C., which uh, likes for non-citizens to vote. And the Republicans are trying to put the foot down on that. And they want to do terrible things like require voter ID and stop non-citizens from voting, which, according to radical leftist Representative Cory Bush, oh, that's just terrible. We're, we're carrying on the legacy of slavery. When Republicans talk about election integrity, they're really talking about voter suppression. They're talking about carrying on the legacy of slavery and Jim Crow by actively disenfranchising black and brown communities through legislation like the American Confidence in Elections Act to undermine voter access and fair and impartial election administration. No, that's not what we're doing. We just want people to have an ID to prove their citizens to vote. We don't want non-citizens voting in the country. And every time we ask for people to show that they have an ID, a overwhelming majority stands up and says, we're with that. We got that. In fact, in Georgia, they had record turnout after they tightened their election laws. Record turnout. It's about dividing us. And the Democrats really are trying to divide us even further. And we have to stand up and link arms. And link arms with people that are typically considered different than us. I go back to what I said earlier about the Muslim parents joining with the Christian parents to stand up for their kids being indoctrinated in the schools. All right. Well, we need um, we need some more news on the presidential story. So let me get Gerald Posner in here. My buddy, author Gerald Posner, joining us to discuss Robert Kennedy. Is he a real candidate? What about the conspiracies tied to him? That's next on the Pure Opelka podcast. 
I have so many questions about so many stories, and some of them seem conspiratorial, some of them seem to be common sense, and some of them seem to be nonsense. And that's why I reach out to my friend, author, attorney, Gerald Posner, a guy who has written so many great books. The one I always reference is the one you should start with, and that is the, the book about the killing of John Fitzgerald Kennedy, Case Closed the assassination of President Kennedy. But he's got many, including the last one that came out in the middle of the pandemic called Pharma. And it is 800 pages of beach reading about the pharmaceutical industry. And there is everything in between. We'll get to some of that. But I have to get to my friend. Hello, Gerald. Hello, uh, Mike. Great to talk to you again. I'm glad you're here. Um, Should we direct people to uh, GeraldPosner.com? What's the right website to send people to to find out all you're up to? Uh, yeah, posner.com, just uh, P-O-S-N-E-R.com, and that'll sort of have links to Twitter or Substack or whatever else people are interested in following. I always forget about the Substack. I'm all over Twitter, and I'm sorry I neglected the Substack because you're very prolific on Substack, and that's a, a good read for everybody. Gerald, I specifically wanted to get to you this week because there seems to be a lot of energy focused on uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. and his growing campaign and growing efforts to become the nominee for the Democrats in the presidency in the upcoming election. Uh, And yet he seems to keep going back to conspiracies. And especially he has uh, a great belief that his his uncle, John Kennedy, professor, uh, professor, President John Kennedy, was uh, killed in a uh, CIA-directed assassination. How come he's never talked about his own father, whose whose death was 55 years ago, earlier this week? Do you have any idea why one's a conspiracy and the other is not? Well, the other is a conspiracy. He's just not asked about it often enough. They, uh, you know, most of the people uh, who talk to him, interview him, ask him about JFK, because that seems to be the big one. But we know where he stands because his family is split with him on his own father's assassination. He thinks that Sirhan Sirhan certainly is not the only assassin and might even be innocent. He was for Sirhan's release from prison. The rest of the family is sort of broken with him on that. So he's pretty much off the reservation on both assassinations, his father and his uncles. But it's his uncles, John Kennedy, that he's out there saying, you know, it's the CIA that murdered him. It's beyond a reasonable doubt. There's conclusive evidence. Um, and he goes on and on. And it's unfortunate because there's so many things about him I like. I mean, I like him on many of his pharmaceutical things, and I, I like him on vaccines, and I like him when he says uh, that biological men should not compete in women's sports. And to, it, he was at the border the other day blaming the Biden administration for the mess at the border. So there are a lot of things that he clicks the boxes on, but this stuff, it, maybe it's personal, it's too emotional for him. He's just really far out there. Well, when he offers uh, this claim of a uh, CIA-directed killing of President John Kennedy, does he ever offer the conclusive evidence he references? Yeah, he says things as though he has the evidence, and if you listen to him with complete confidence, you'd walk away and say, God, I didn't know that. And what he says is, by the way, there have been CIA officers involved in the murder of JFK of my uncle, and there have been confessions. They've confessed to that. There have been deathbed confessions. Now, first of all, no CIA person has ever confessed to being involved in killing JFK, and no deathbed confessions. He doesn't say who. The only thing I can imagine he means 
is that E. Howard Hunt, who the Watergate burglar, um, who had worked for the CIA at one point, is often quoted as having given a deathbed confession that he had killed. He was part of a plot to kill JFK. It wasn't really a deathbed, Mike. You'll like this. He said it in an interview in 2004 in which he was trying to sell a product, and then he died in 2007. So it was sort of a three-year deathbed confession. <laughs> and the confession itself is, is just a, it's like a, a pitch to try to get a book deal. So I, if he's relying on that, he's really in trouble. Yeah, it's amazing to me that he keeps saying that, and yet nobody challenges him. It's it's like when Adam Schiff kept saying, well, I've seen the evidence of Russia collusion. I've seen it. I've seen it. I have right. the evidence. Uh, no, no, you didn't, Adam. And I suspect so, uh, Mr. Kennedy doesn't either. Yes, continue. That's so important because with Schiff, and that's a perfect example, so Schiff clearly established himself as a liar on a major issue. And he's never paid the cost for that, and now he's running for Senate. In that case, Schiff had to know he was lying and did it anyway. Whereas with Kennedy, I think he is a true believer on this issue. It's emotional. It's wrapped up with him. He thinks that, you know, he knows the CIA has done many dirty things, and he just isn't looking at the facts in a clear-headed way. Now, the worry, of course, if he's off you know, kilter on this particular issue, you know, are there other things that he could do the same thing on in which he becomes so emotionally invested that he ignores the evidence and just goes ahead with what his gut feeling is? That's a different question running for the presidency. But um, I, I do think he's sincere about it. It's not like Schiff where he knows he's lying and he's doing it just for the hell of it. Or doing it for the party which I, I think Schiff was That's doing right. it just for the party. Uh, great points on all of that, Gerald Posner. We're talking with Gerald Posner, author, friend of mine, and uh, I consider him to be very level-headed on all things. Pretty, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to, maybe most things. I was going to quote that otherwise in the back of my next book, very level-headed on things. That's yeah, right. on all things. No, on most, I might yeah, even get things. to some things at the end of this conversation. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> Uh, Gerald, the, this um, Kennedy potential to be either a third party or a nominee, you and I started talking about politics when Ross Perot was a candidate, and my late mother still blames Ross Perot for Bill Clinton being elected. Uh, do you see any potential for um, Robert Kennedy to sway this election based on the fact he's probably going to poach voters from both sides? Yeah, I, I, I don't see Robert Kennedy running as a third-party candidate, so what he could do is if his supporters inside the Democratic Party become strong enough for him, he, his base, wherever it ends up being, 20%, 15%, 25%, but they are really behind him 100%, and he gets destroyed or left behind, or the, Biden won't debate him, and then the, the administration ends up throwing him to the rubbish bin, um, I think that the question is whether some of those supporters, instead of coming out and defaulting and voting for Biden or the nominee, they stay home. So 1%, 2% do that. That can make a difference. You know, it's only at the margins on the close states, the 10 states that are toss-ups, that you really have that issue. And then you have Cornell West, the super progressive, far left university professor who's going to run under a party that had been founded by a Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, uh, staffer. And they are going to be on the states in about 25 states, including some of those states that will be battlegrounds. He's not going to get many votes, but if he gets four tenths of a percent, you know, that would have switched Wisconsin last time. He gets three tenths of a percent. The fringes can make a difference in this election. Yeah, we could have another um, Ralph Nader situation and the Green Party. 
upsetting an election. I hope uh, uh, that Cornell West gets on the debate stage because I love it when he gets off on the plutocrats and autocrats mm-hmm. and, and he starts talking about all the, uh, all the bureaucrats running everything. But he loves those plutocrats. He keeps bringing them up all the time. It'll be fun to watch because his hair is fun, too. But he is a character, to say the least. He's far out there. He's like the most progressive end of university professor that you could imagine. And for years, it's been interesting to watch him rail and rent. And now, in running for president, it'll be interesting to see how much, how many people, small number, you know, agreed, but will be attracted to what I view as the sort of the fringe of an already fringe movement in the progressive left. So, uh, you know, just when you think they can't go any further to the left, yeah, there is even a little bit more room to step off the uh, the edge of the mountain. One more conspiracy to talk about, Gerald. Um, the big announcement on Tuesday that the PGA Tour had merged with its rival, the Live Golf Tour. It's really the 54 Golf Tour because they were using the Roman numerals. And uh, surprised a lot of people, (laughs) enraged a whole bunch of people. A whole bunch of people in the media are mad because this Saudi-funded organization is now tied in with the professional golf golf organization. How does this differ from being tied in with China like the NBA is? Why aren't more people outraged about that? Why all the outrage about the Saudis? It's it's absolutely just, um, you know, political outrage. I understand if you're a 9-11 family, some of the 9-11 families are upset because they don't want to do any business at all with the Saudis. But the reason I think that the mainstream press, the CNNs, the New York Times, Washington Post and that are particularly outraged, the NPRs and that, is because they fell for what Jay Monahan, uh, the the commissioner of the PGA, had said last year, you know, when they the, he stood up and he said, you know, it's my job to protect, defend, and celebrate the PGA. You know, uh, he he branded the the people like Mickelson and Dustin Johnson as uh, as uh, defectors, you know, pariahs. And when the nine eleven victims had spoken out, you know, he had said, my heart goes out to them. Uh, so he had made it an issue about principles. But guess what? The, the, and the media bought that, the mainstream media, but it wasn't about principles. It was always about money. And so now that the deal's been struck and that the governor of the Saudi investment fund is going to become chairman of the board of the new worldwide umbrella company, uh, they feel like they got had and they are really steaming. Yeah, they did get had, but they weren't paying attention. <laughs> and so I, I, I don't have any sympathy for them. We saw this coming. It reminded you of the NFL merging with the AFL years ago. It reminded me of the NBA and the ABA. And now we have two competing golf leagues that will be joined yeah, together with a with a Saudi chairman. That's right. And it does, Mike, because it was interesting. I saw in the New York Times today that they, they actually talked about the NFL and the AFL having combined forces in the 60s and the NBA and uh, the American Basketball Association doing in the 70s. And then the Times said, but that didn't provide cover for an oppressive nation. So that's still how they're they're playing it out. It's absolutely furious. Plus the fact that everybody who's following world sports in general understands how much this boosts the Saudis' possibility of landing the 2030 World Cup. They're bidding for it. So now that they've been able to do this with the PGA, it sort of you know increases their odds of being a major player for that. So all around, for people who want to punish Saudi Arabia, uh, 
um, for its you know human rights violations. This is a bad day for them, and uh, but not a surprising day in the world of sports. Yeah, the Uyghurs in China are over there going, "Hey, what about us? Hey, 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 anybody? And hey, genocide over here?" <laughs> No, no, it's just we're so hypocritical. It's crazy. Gerald Posner is my friend. He's also a great author and uh, has much knowledge, which he shares with us regularly. Go to Posner.com or follow him on the Twitters. Thank you, Gerald. Great stuff. Always great stuff. When we get back, Dr. Michael Roizen will be here. We'll talk health, wellness. I know we missed Wellness Wednesday yesterday. And he's got something to say about whether or not you should wear a mask in public due to the particulates in the air from the wildfires. It's Mike Opelka on Pure Opelka. Come on back. Dr. Michael Rosen of the Cleveland Clinic is joining us. Yes, you need to get the Great Age Reboot. You also need to go to longevityplaybook.com. But right now we have to say welcome, 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 Dr. Michael Rosen. It's my privilege to be back. It's always fun with you. Yeah, we have a good time, and sometimes we get silly. I got a lot of comments last week about our discussion about standing or sitting while men were urinating, and uh, I I think we may have helped people because a lot of people were writing me back and telling me, well, at least you've got me putting the cover on the toilet seat before (laughs) flush." And I said, okay, if we save one life (laughs) with that, that'll be great. Doc, this is a subject in your research that I I, I always talk to my friends about, uh, my friends with kids. There's a question here. Does your kid need a summer vacation from a smartphone? The answer is yes, all the kids need it. And rather than take it away totally, the better process would be to take it away for, for example, four hours at a time. They can play outside or do whatever they want. But it is make sure they don't use a cell phone for four hours and don't take it to bed with them. You've convinced me about, you know, shutting down the phone at least an hour before you go to bed and staying away from it. And that's been a big help to better sleep for me. I, I have an idea for parents who are trying to wean their kids off smartphones. How about you take them on vacation in the woods where there's no cell signal, where they, they can't use their smartphones? They'll be very frustrated, and maybe they'll go outside, which I'm a big proponent of. Yeah, going outside is a good thing. Yeah, well, it's vitamin D time now. We're back to getting that free vitamin D from the sun. But I also think, as I see these studies, Doc, uh, young adults and kids who have their noses buried in cell phones have this bent over neck and back. Are, are we going to see a new syndrome with uh, curvatures of the spine or some kind of twisted uh, neck problems from young people who are always in their cell phones? The answer is I worry about that. We don't know because we don't have enough long-term data. But obviously for us adults that are vulnerable, it looks like we're getting more of the neck pain and bent over back syndrome so you've got to practice that there are actually some devices there's a for women there's a bra you can get that pushes you to stand up straighter and for men if you walk sucking in your gut your back will stand up straighter well i i also know some men who could probably benefit from that bra as well just saying you know (laughs) it's a problem for some guys as well uh yeah it is um 
It's worrisome that our posture is becoming a victim to the smartphone use. Maybe we all should start trying to find a way to get away from our phones for four hours a day, every day for the summer months. Maybe maybe make a, a pledge to yourself because it'll be good for your back. It'll be good for your neck. It'll be good for your brain. Um, you have a piece of information here about loneliness, which affects the survival for people after a cancer diagnosis. That's a mental health crisis, isn't loneliness considered that? Well, loneliness does cause the mental health crisis, meaning um, not having friends, not associating with people is one of the worst things that can happen for both dementia and cancer survival and all survival because inevitable stress will happen and cancer therapy stress is one of the the biggest stresses you can have having a bad diagnosis and the way you get much relief from it is having friends and associating with it so not loneliness you know i want to get to a couple other stories in this week all right you pick the ones that i wouldn't have picked so let me go with some that i would pick out of the stories that are important absolutely um one Erectile uh, troubles in middle age are a bad sign for your brain. Why? It's small vessel disease. So if you start to have erectile dysfunction, seek help from an internist or cardiologist right away because it, it signals your blood vessels are in trouble. Another big story well, Doc, is... Doc, hold on. One second. I want to ask you a question. What qualifies as middle age? Anything over the age of 40. Okay, so if you're 40 and you start having ED problems, get to your doctor immediately. It's very important because it affects your brain too. And it isn't, you know, it's not asking for ED treatments. It's asking for treatments for your blood vessels so you don't get heart disease, stroke, mental dysfunction. Excellent. Now, another one of those stories is that if you have a heart attack, your brain starts to age faster. And it's the same issue. Heart attack, stroke, erectile dysfunction, skin wrinkles are all manifestations of you not having control of the basic things for your arteries, stress management, blood pressure getting under control, your lipids under control, your cholesterol, you're eating a reasonable diet, you're not doing stupid things like smoking or vaping. Um, so it is, it is the, uh, you don't want to die of stupidity of not getting uh, preventive care and not getting therapies early enough and well enough. So if all you care about is avoiding erectile dysfunction, get your heart under, get your heart numbers under control. If all you care about for a woman is wrinkles, get under control. Again, it's the same issue. The third one was a important study from Sweden of uh, 35,000 women looking at how often they got mammograms between 1992 and 1997, five-year period, and then following them till 2021. And guess what? The ones who got the mammograms every year had a 72% reduction in dying from breast cancer as a group compared to those who got it only four times or only three times in that five-year period. So get your mammograms every year starting at age 40. And the other point of, of this is since the wildfires are spreading and we're getting contaminated air, meaning the there's particulates in the air, that actually is a reason that we get heart disease, stroke, and memory disorders and cancer 
because it stimulates inflammation. The small particles, 2.5 to 5 to 10 microns, 2.5 to 10 microns are what get into your lung and stimulate inflammation, which means they stimulate blood vessel disease. So you want to protect your erections. You want to avoid wrinkles as well as heart disease, stroke, memory loss, and cancer. The same thing, pull out your K95 mask when you go out on poor air quality days. When you have to go out, make sure you have a K95 mask and wear it on poor air quality days. See, that's been going on a lot in the Northeast. We've had warnings about air quality alerts since uh, Sunday through Wednesday of this week based on these wildfires. So it's uh, it's probably in your glove box. You probably have a KN95 mask lurking around your glove box or somewhere in your kitchen. And if you're going outside on a day that there's an air quality alert, put it on. You'll be you'll be better in all areas of your life, your heart, your brain, your your schmengi, whatever you want, your skin. Take care of business by taking care of uh, the internal operations that are going on in your body. Doc, I want to ask you one more because it was at the very end of your research. Uh, this one confused me, confounded me. I thought this would be the other way around. Apparently, women are more likely than men to skip medications, but it's due to cost because I, I think men are not as good about taking their pills. It turns out that 10% of women, as opposed to 7% of men, are delaying medication due to cost. And um, it is um, essentially that women are, they're not valuing themselves. Um, women today shoulder more the burden of childcare and household management, and they're making their health a lower priority than everyone else's in the face of financial or time pressure. And we've got to get it so that no one has to worry about costs. My good friend, Dr. Oz, is working on a company um, to uh, deliver um, medicines, uh, any amount of medicine you take for $20 a month. And if you're a uh, family for $30 a month, delivered once a month. Mark Cuban is also working on another company that does that. So there'll be a number of, of processes to bring down the cost, but medication is still um, too costly and women should not be sacrificing their own health for and not valuing their health as much as they should be. Yeah, self-care is really important. And don't be afraid to ask for help. There are many programs out there currently, and there will be many more that will help subsidize those needed medications. Dr. Michael Reusen is his name. Follow him on Twitter. Great stuff on Twitter. And you can also go to the Longevity Playbook dot com longevityplaybook.com sign up you get the emails a couple times a week and then we talk almost every week and share the latest research and information my friend thank you so much for making the time my privilege thank you 